Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the Fourth Throne Dynasty podcast. It is week 12. We have this week and next week left for a regular season. Then we have three rounds of playoffs. There was one team that clinched this week. We had uh, Cascade Bear. He clinched the first playoff spot. So I know he's probably pretty pumped to think about that. Um, I don't remember if Sterk clinched. Do you remember what my post said? Um, I can pull it up, but I don't see it. Either, cl- pin it. either clinched. That's on the pin. So he either clinched or he has a magic number of one. Sterk is clinched. Yeah, he Sterk is, is clinched. clinched. Okay. So Sterk's clinched. Cascade's clinched. Looks right here like myself and Randy have a magic number of one, which would mean either we win or you, Prince Palmer, Spaceballs, lefty, all lose. That ain't happening, but. Uh, so we have a match number one. We're now in the sixth seed. We have a five and six team, which is you at the moment. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's going to last over this week, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if six and seven is the sixth seed or seven and six. It'll be interesting to see uh, because Will's magic number is one. Which means he would have to win both games. Little Slads would have to go one and one or own two. And then all the five and six teams would have to go own two for him to make playoffs. And he'd have to have the tiebreaker. Which, believe it or not, he actually has a chance to do. Because the most points for above him would be Little Slad. No, it would be you. 66 points so he'd have to make up 66 points on you and then obviously he had to go five and eight everybody else would have, if there's a five and eight team in the six i'm gonna be so irritated <laughs> could happen you never know andy was officially eliminated this week little slads dropped a spot in the standings which increases andy's odds at the number one pick and obviously increases the chances of her via little slads having a high second pick as well. So we'll have a very clear picture and we'll be able to talk situationals next week when we know you know who's in the front for that six seed and so forth. So let's talk about the gulag. I'm the Lord of the Veil. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, 
can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. Alright, let's look at the gulag. So we are now down to 10 teams. This week we had eliminations by Maga Vince and Sam. So Sam, I was just talking to her and I was like, you know what? It's quite crazy. You've outlasted your friend, Aunt Abby, your fiance, your fiance's brother, the commissioner. What's next? Unfortunately, she was eliminated. What was the main reason? Who did not play well this week? Um, I don't know. I think it was just like a combination. Her team just didn't really show up. Deontay Johnson was the only one that had a good week for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she had Calvin Ridley, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, he was out a couple games, and he came back for this past matchup. Um, I think she had Joe Mixon. Obviously, he's on IR now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, because he deleted the t- I was trying to go back and look at... Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, here he is, Team 30. But there's nobody there, even though it was in Week 11. What? <laughs> uh, so, apparently, Sleeper deletes... The entire team since you dropped all the players, so I was going to look at who her roster looked like. But Deontay Johnson and Cam Newton were the only ones that had solid games. Her, she had Rex Burkhead tear his ACL. Um, she had Gallman on bye, Mixon uh, hurt and on IR. Um, her tight end was Logan Thomas, who did nothing. Like she, she just, it was just a confluence of like everyone sucking for her. And she wasn't as disappointed as I thought she was going to be. She's like, well, I made it this far. Um, I think Daniel Jones really tempered her expectations earlier in the year, and she was just amazed that she lasted that long because of it. (laughs) So Kayla actually took sole possession of first place for number of weeks survived. So that's interesting. She's at 40 weeks survived in three seasons. Billy is in second with 39. He was eliminated. I think he took like 18th or something like that. So, interesting. Let's look at, take a look at waivers. At the top, we have Josh Jacobs. He went for $71. This waiver period, if I saw anything at all, it was really Drewster, and he was unloading his money because he had around $450 left. Next closest was around 200 so he had significantly more money than anybody else. Uh, Josh Jacobs is... He took him for $71. He also took James Robinson for $71. Kayla, she got Calvin Ridley for $58. Josh, J- or Josh Allen went to Charlie for $37. She could, he could have won Josh Allen for $2. Chris Carson went to Danny T for $29. I don't even know if he's healthy. Uh, Deontay went to Danny T for $28. Montgomery went to China Star for $26. AJ Brown for $20. That was a pretty good deal. Uh, and then Saints defense, $17 to Kayla. Dolphins D, $9 to Danny T. Julio, $9 to Danny T. Who knows if he'll play this week, but $9 was very, very cheap for him. Yeah, so Ridley, um, Deontay Johnson, and the Dolphins D were on Sam's team, and everybody else was on Vince's. Vince's team was really good. Mm-hmm. Sam's just kind of. Sam, she and Sam had like a two good weeks, but beyond that, she just kind of floated on through. And Vince's team was stacked. And doesn't help when you don't check your phone. Yeah, fantasy. <laughs> Gulag does not care. What was your thing? Gulag does not care. Yeah. Chris Carson. He started Chris Carson to start the seat the week, and he was out, so that was not good. 
So let's take a look at our weekly cookies. Okay, so looking at the weekly cookies here, let's start with talking about where does this week rank from 1 to 11? What did you find? It was a pretty rough week. Uh, it was the second worst, only beat, only made worse by last week's. So last week we had 278.4, which is the worst. This week we had 297.7. Another One more week in a row we did not hit 300 points with a maximum uh, lineup core. So it was a rough one. Quarterback, starting with Will, Justin Herbert, 33.74. They cooked the Jets. Yeah, I, I, I wonder why you had to talk about Justin Herbert. Is it maybe because he's your doppelganger? Hmm. <laughs> uh, so then for running backs, we had Dalvin Cook with Randy, who had 25, which was Dalvin Cook's lowest score of the past three weeks. He's on a tear right now. Uh, and then we also had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire get us the first cookie of the year with 20.7 by Danny. Little A rough week for run, top running backs. And then for wide receivers, we had Adam Thielen from me, 32.3 points. I don't even know if he's going to play this week because he would put on the COVID list. And then second, we had Keenan Allen to Sterk with 34.5. He got targeted like 20 times, I want to say. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, Thielen's couple touchdown catches were insane. Um, then we move on to you once again at tight end with the far and away top tight end in NFL. Travis Kelsey with 26.86 for you because he did throw a pass. <laughs> Underhand also. <laughs> and then for flexes, we have Tyreek Hill, the Sterk, with 27. And then our second flex is Robert Woods. Again, hyper-targeted. Little Slads, 30.6. Yeah, I... I typically do the cookies Monday morning and then just update it the following day and finalize everything. And Robert Woods was the only one in that game, although Cooper Cup came close that earned one. Uh, for kicker, my guy, Rex Bex, Rodrigo, Blankenship with 14. Does that make you sad, though, that he scored 14? It was tough to see. He also missed a field goal earlier in the game, and I was just I, I wasn't sure how to feel about it same time i love that guy and the packers didn't deserve to win the game so and then for defensive line we have cam jordan to d slads with 13 points the space balls wait 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 isn't this after the week after he needed like two points and he got zero from cam jordan or is that someone else um i think it was Two weeks ago when this happened. I'm going to double check real quick. If Sleeper would like to work, that'd be great. Um, week nine, Cam Jordan needed literally three points and he would have beaten me. Got zero. <laughs> three weeks later, Cam Jordan. Actually, yeah, two weeks later, Cam Jordan gets a cookie. I think Danny would have preferred Cam Jordan's um, great performance in week nine instead. Mm -hmm. Linebacker, then we got Christian Kirk C. 13.5 points to space balls. 
Um, so in the last two I'll talk about real quick, Lincoln Fitzpatrick went to Jake with 14 points. Uh, great performance. And then we had a, a tie again at the IDP flex positions. Seems like there's a weekly spot for IDPs or kickers to get in a tie at this point. So Will had Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> I'm still not sure how he got Isaiah Simmons. I'm not sure why Andy dropped him. But Will had Isaiah Simmons with nine tackles, one assisted, so 10 total, and a sack. Justin Simmons, my uh, DB for the Broncos, also had 12 and a half points with five tackles, two passes uh, defended, and one interception. We talked. I recused myself from the vote, knowing that it was one of my guys again, and we've determined that the interception was a bigger impact than the sack, so Justin Simmons gets the cookie this week. So if we go over to our team totals here, at the top is myself with 16.5. Fresh Prince of Valaire is next with 16. Outdoor Furnishings has 15. Kyler's Click with 14. Team Amelia Clark fan with 12 and a half. Lamar and Friends with 12. Hurst Locker with 12. Positive Vibes only 3 and 8, 11. Guess what? Another name change. <laughs> Team Backflip with 10. Twice today too as well. Yeah, he went to Positive Vibes only and then he put in his record the second time. Uh, King Henry's Kingdom with nine, Mrs. Burrow seven, and then Spaceballs the FFT with six. You did kind of mention this is our second lowest score of the season as a as a league, so not as good. Let's look at the player totals. So at the top is still Mahomes with three, and we have a three-way tie for two between Herbert, Wilson, and Kyler. Running backs, we have Kamara at the top with five, Dalvin Cook with four, and then we have a four-way tie with two between James Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, who's barely even played, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Swift. Wide receivers, we've got a two-way tie at the top for four, Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen. Then we have DeAndre Hopkins with three, and then a whole lot of twos. Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods. Quick note on Tyreek Hill. He actually has three this year, but because of the trade, two went to Michael and one went to Sterk. I put them as a different category right mm. now, but Tyreek Hill does have three as well. Yes, you are right. Tight ends. Kelsey at the top with four. Then we have Darren Waller and George Kittle with two. Kickers. Young Wei Koo with three. Matt Prater with two. Miles Garrett for defensive line with three, and Aaron Donald with two. Linebackers, four-way tie with two between Bobby Wagner, Jion Brown, Darius Leonard, and Zach Cunningham. And then for defensive backs, we have Buda Baker with four, Harrison Smith with 1.5. So we're going to come back and talk about the NFL last week. We're talk about some waivers as well. Potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it! Look! 
Taking a look at the waivers, we did not have many of note, but there is a couple funny ones in here. Um, there was a bunch of random $0 bids, but starting at the top, most expensive, Frank Gore, Will and Ryan tied, $3 bids. Will gets Frank Gore because he is the worst team in the standings. So congrats, Will. So Will traded, uh, I traded $5 in fab for him back. And then I dropped him the first week he actually does something before he does something good. I mean, I never was going to start him. I just wanted him as a depth piece. But it was just ironic that I dropped him. And then Will comes out ahead because Will paid $2 for him originally. I traded him $5 for him. And then he spent those $3 back. So it's a complete wash for Will. And the Michael P. Run is on IR for the rest yes. of the year. So I don't know I mean, that's the year. but Starting quality uh, minutes now are touches potentially for the next two weeks three weeks we'll see yeah volume play then the second one that was quite funny is andy picks up ryan finley quote unquote starter for the bengals for two dollars guess what ryan finley who's been with the team all year is not the starter they'd rather start someone from the practice squad brandon allen <laughs> it was funny that Two different people tried to like outbid her for Ryan Finley as well, and Will got a dollar and Little Sense at zero. It, they really wanted to watch the world burn, I think. <laughs> well, and then next we have Yannick to Randy for two dollars. I had him on my team. Uh, he was kind of a bum. He's not really doing much at the defensive line position, so I do not have him. Great player, but yeah, not not too fantasy relevant. And then some $0 bids. Sterk got Austin Mack, Giants wide receiver, who's had, like, two good games. You got Brian Burns just swapping out some defensive ends. Uh, lefty got rid of Cameron Sims the second time and picked up Cameron Curl instead, both on the Washington football team. Will dropped Isaiah Ford for um, sorry, Law & Order SVU. Um, and he picked up Justin Reed. And Sterk picked up Marquez Callaway. Man, Sterk got two more receivers. His team is – I think he's got 20 receivers now. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to put a positional limit on it? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just more funny. Like, we can point him out at the time. So let's start talking about the NFL from last week. Starting first with the Cardinals versus the Seahawks. Very good game. Kyler got hurt, though. Are you worried about his health – um, oh, Clay Thompson, underwent surgery today, reported torn Achilles. I am worried about his health going forward. Um, he has been the MVP of my team. Um, as soon as I traded Dak and before he got hurt, uh, between Kyler and Devontae, they've carried my team this whole year. Having him hurt, not being able to run as effectively or pass the ball deep effectively, it's going to really suck. Um, I'm hoping that the week and a half off gave him enough time to heal. So DK Metcalf did not have a very good game. It was a Tyler Lockett game. I feel like it's either one every single time. Carlos Hyde had 14 rushes for 79 yards and a touchdown. 
So he was a nice plug and play. And Kenyon Drake is back, but Chase Edmonds is still somewhat serviceable. Let's move on to my Chargers. They are now 3-7. They sent the Jets to 0-10. By the way, the record's on the other game. Seahawks are now 7-3. They're 5-0 at home. Cardinals are 6-4. Back to the Chargers, though. Um, once again, I now know why you question Anthony Lynn's play call. They were <laughs> literally up. They were up by 7 points. No. They're up by six points, as you see from the score. There's three and a half minutes left. What play calling does Anthony Lynn do? Three straight passes, two of which were incomplete. And by the way, Jets has zero timeouts. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I mean, at least he's listening and trying to put the ball in Herbert's hands. It gives him a chance to win. But when you call three straight passes, the game on the line like that, you might need your head examined. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like you mentioned, Frank Gore had 15 carries. Uh, Keenan Allen had 16 catches for 140 yards. Justin Jeez. Herbert, 37 for 49, 366 and 3. Chargers play the Bills. Jets play the Dolphins now. I saw that um, over the last five, six weeks, Justin Herbert has not dropped below the top, a top 12 fantasy quarterback. He is a must-start right now. He is on fire. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Eagles versus the Browns. It was another... Also, a second. Joe Flacco started that game for... Was it Little Slats? Yeah. He threw a pick six. He could have started Goff. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that one at all. Okay, now I can go on. <laughs> the Eagles and the Browns. Browns had another crappy weather game. It's like home field advantage for them. Uh, the Browns win 22-17 over the Eagles. Eagles are now 3-6-1. Carson Wentz is trash. Browns are now 7-3 and 5-1 and and at home. Um, as you see here, Carson Wentz was the leading scorer with 235 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I heard there was a pretty preposterous safety. I have not seen it yet. I haven't seen the safety either. I saw the ridiculous pick six that was just, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Um, he folded out to the running back, but he led him like 10 yards upfield right into the linebacker's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you never know what you're going to get with the, the Eagles. I know you had Travis Fulgham, who was a must-start for so many weeks in a row, and he's put up two duds in a row now. Yeah. Um, but the Browns running game, you can always count on that when it seems like they are stacked. Both Chubb and Hunt are probably must-starts every week, although Hunt didn't have a good game, but had that... Uh, touchdown run where you like levitated through the air over the top of a defender um, but yeah uh, Carson Wentz is trash so Nick Chubb had 20 carries for 114 yards as you just kind of mentioned on fire Dallas Goddard 5 catches 77 yards don't know who's like the emerging options there with the Eagles passing game moving on then we got the Saints and the Falcons the Saints are now 8-2 and two. The Falcons are now 3-7. This was absolutely the Taysom Hill game. He was the leader in passing. He was the leader in rushing. He had 10 carries for 49 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Camaro had no dump-offs at all. Latavius Murray was on the field for most of the game. Um, and Somehow the Falcons like still couldn't find an answer. Michael Thomas, 9 catches for 104 yards. So if you're wondering, is he going to fall off with Taysom Hill at quarterback? Nope. Seems like he's pretty quarterback proof. But Taysom Hill looked really good, I will say. 
Yeah, Taysom, beyond the deep ball that was just thrown so high and such a, like, 10 yards behind the receiver that Emmanuel Sanders literally had to sit there and wait for it. And he somehow caught it. <laughs> and he somehow caught it. I don't know how. Taysom did look pretty good. Um, on that last touchdown run, there was a pretty obvious holding call that was missed. Um, a lot of people were commenting about it on Twitter. It was pretty bad. But the game was already out of reach, and Taysom really, really um, played well. And he had a nice cheat code for a lot of people in ESPN fan, uh, fantasy leagues because he's still considered a tight end. Um, yeah, the Falcons' offense in the second half, the, the Falcons never got near um, – the red zone the, the Saints defense just shut him down Matt Ryan was sacked I think like 10 times uh Julio Jones got hurt and he just couldn't get throw it about all to anyone they couldn't run they couldn't pass they couldn't fumble it forward to get yards Saints defense was nuts moving on then we have the Bengals against the Washington football team Bengals lost 9 to 20 they're now 0 and 5 on the road uh, they're now two seven and one on the season. Washington football team is now three and seven. And guess what? They're playing for the division lead tomorrow on Thanksgiving. So, biggest news by far, obviously, is Joe Burrow torn ACL, torn MCL. Not good at all. No no offensive line to help him. Obviously, hopefully, Penny Sewell ends up there in Cincinnati. Um, but. Not good. I don't think he's. there's any chance he's ready to go to start the season, personally. Well, he said he'd be back for next season, um, but that was before they found out all of the severe um, structural injuries beyond just ACL. With a clean ACL tear, usually quarterbacks come back no problem, but when everything else is affected, too, that's when it really is tough. I don't see him being a day, week one starter next year just because of how serious and terrible that knee injury was. It, that sucks. He was going to be – he's in the running with Herbert for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Burrow was really making the Bengals look pretty solid. Uh, they was throwing to T. Higgins all the time. They had a great connection. And now you either get Brandon Allen or uh, Ryan Finley as your quarterback. And that, well, they're going to do well to go try to get Penny Sewell because both of those guys are garbage. Yeah, so right now the Bengals are primed to be the number three pick behind Jacksonville and the Jets. So – Obviously, they don't need a quarterback. But before that, Burrow had thrown for 203 yards. He was well on his way to a 300-yard game. Alex Smith is putting himself in a position uh, to be a unanimous comeback player of the year in my eyes. I think the second that he stepped onto a football field and threw a pass, he was comeback player of the year. Yeah. But he's really, really impressing right now. That would be wild to see them get in at like 6 and 10 or something like that and then host a home game. But isn't FedEx Field or whatever they call it for the football team, isn't it like very well known to cause like big time injuries to players? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's terrible for any kind of knee injuries or anything like that. It's, um, I don't know what they do to it. It's just not well maintained enough or something. It's been known for a long time that all the big bad knee injuries happen. Joe Burrows is more of a freak accident um, where he got, like, dove into when a, a, a defender trying to legally sack him. Uh, but that's where all the crazy injuries. RG3 tore his ACL there. Alex Smith almost lost his leg there, and now he's back. Why is the comeback player of the year? It's a terrible field from everything we've heard. So I don't know what 
it's going to look like for the Bengals passing options going forward because we don't know, you know, who Brendan Allen's going to be targeting. I don't really trust any of those guys now, especially not A.J. Green because he's so inconsistent anyways. Antonio Gibson, 16 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. He's been great, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he's really impressing. Um, I have him in a few other leagues, and he's a must-start each week. Rookie is playing very well, and I'm pretty sure he lasted until almost the third round in our rookie draft. I'm not sure who has him at the mo- this point. Yeah, but. I, I think uh, Ka- oh, Cascade Bear has him, but he's like, I think he got him at like second round 11th pick or something. Well, he does have a running back fetish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a look here. We got the Lions and the Panthers. Panthers win 20-0. to zero. Yep, you heard that right. So the Panthers are now 4-7, and seven, and the Lions are 4-6. and six. Panthers have a week 13 bye. And it was the P.J. Walker game. Shout out to the XFL. 258 yards and a touchdown. This also includes, what, didn't he have like three picks? At least two. And two, were, both of them were in the red zone. He could have gotten a hell of a lot more points that way. And then Mike Davis, 19 carries, 64 yards and a touchdown. He was somewhat back. DJ Moore, even with PJ Walker there, seven catches, 127 yards. Love to see that for Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Carolina's been very scrappy all year. Uh, I'm glad that PJ Walker is pretty much guaranteed to be a backup quarterback for the rest of his career in the NFL because he's proved that he can he can do it. Um, going to the Lions, though, I know you didn't have Kenny Galladay, and I know you had a couple uh, guys banged up. Yeah, no Swift like, either. But how in the world does Matt Patricia still have a job? <laughs> you had a backup quarterback play his ass off against you. You got two red zone interceptions for a defense that's garbage. And you still couldn't score a point. The Lions never even had a single play inside the opponent's red zone the entire game. And had like three or four over the 50-yard line. That is insanely awful. <laughs> the Lions are so bad. I, I, it's going to suck watching them play tomorrow. I hope Deshaun Watson lights them up. So who is less deserving of a head coaching job? You know where this is going. Matt Patricia, Adam Gaze. Both of them should not be touching a franchise <laughs> as a head coach in the next five to ten years at least. But I think less deserving is at this point is still Adam Gaze, but Patricia's getting up there pretty damn quickly. <laughs> Steelers, Jags. Steelers move to ten and zero. Jags are now one and nine. I'll still keep bringing this up. Game one, everybody's like, "Wait, are the Jags going to be a frisky team?" No, lost nine <laughs> in a row now. Roethlisberger, bigger than Ben, two sixty-seven and two. James Conner was thirteen carries for eighty-nine yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson is the clear wide receiver one for the Steelers. I did hear it on part of my take. I don't know if this is true. But supposedly Juju Smith-Schuster, it was his birthday over the weekend, and he, like, hurt himself slipping on a flag. Yes, uh, both are true. I, I saw the <laughs> clip. It's He was jogging back to the line, and the ref threw the flag, and he actually, the little ball part of the flag, he, like, slipped on it, and he, oh, like, oh. Oh. doing There's a clip. You have to go find it. It's, it's, it's crazy. It was just such a fluke, crazy accident. Um, to saying something nice about the Jags they had a lead and then never scored again <laughs> they're up 3-0 yeah 
Yeah, we're up 3-0. Yeah. I see that at the end of the quarter too. Yeah. Uh, if we count, if we count the first quarter, the Jags get their second win of the year, and the Steelers get their first loss. Yep. All right, that's what I'll, that's what counts in my books. Let's go. <laughs> Titans Ravens overtime game, the, as PMT calls it, the fraud bowl. The Titans <laughs> won thirty to twenty four in overtime. AJ Brown had a freaking ridiculous touchdown. Literally just man through like six defenders on the Ravens and somehow got in the end zone. Um, that was. Ra- Ravens are frauds. Ravens are frauds. Been saying it for weeks. So you're on the big cat hype train with them? Uh, yes. There's, there. I knew there was problems the moment that Lamar Jackson publicly said they're calling out my plays. Like, If teams are able to contain – he's not able to run for 100 yards like he normally does, and they're able to contain him like they norm, or now unlike ever before, they are horrible in the playoffs. They play the Steelers this week. And like they have thirty people on COVID leave, like there's they're not good. I don't I don't believe they're a good team. Their defense is good though. Their defense is really good. Yeah, their defense is really solid. Um, but yeah, their their team is just their offense is so stale. Is what everyone's been saying. It's like they're doing the exact same plays they've done last. I mean, they're going to work again, and they haven't innovated. They haven't done anything new. And you can't expect Lamar had an incredible year last year. But quarterbacks have dips, and uh, then they come back up and down all the time based on the situation. Um, and I think this year is one of those dips, and they're going to find some new stuff next year. But right now, they don't have a consistent receiver. Marquise Des Brown. Bryant. Uh, it could be. <laughs> Literally, I think he had like six or seven catches. Let's take a look. Because but... Marquise Brown is not doing anything oh, in his year. Willie Sneed's actually looking okay. And Mark Andrews has disappointed completely ever since they got rid of Hayden Hurst. So you really don't know who Lamar can throw to right now because none of them are consistent. Dude, so Des Bryant had 20% of the targets, 5 out of 25, and he had four catches. He was second on the team in catches behind Mark Andrews, who had and five. Like the, had the 50-yard touchdown catch. Yep. So, he's yeah. been really disappointing all year as well. Derrick Henry got carried the ball 28 times, 133 yards. He's just a beast. Um, yeah, he only had like 40 yards rushing at the half and ended the game with that crazy overtime touchdown run. Yeah. Corey Davis only had five catches, but it was for 113 yards. Shout out. Hey, that Corey Davis for Taysom Hill trade's not looking that bad now. <laughs> Too bad it Will has neither. That's true. Although he did get um, a top rookie IDP and Antoine Winfield out of it. Uh, he did, yep. By the way, I don't know if you were watching the Monday night game, but there was a punt, and Antoine Winfield just completely leveled the dude that was returning the punt from the Rams. It was crazy. I did not see that. That's that's awesome. Moving on, Texans beat the Patriots twenty-seven to twenty. Texans are now two or now are now three and seven. Patriots are now four and six. Uh, Cam Newton threw for three sixty-five and a touchdown. Damian Harris gets in the end zone again. The leading receiver for the Patriots was Demir Bird. Six catches, 132 yards. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know Deshaun Watson was pretty good as well. Um, seems like he was hooking up a lot with Brandon Cooks with that team. Any thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, I, I love that at the very end of the game, uh, Cam Newton needed to throw a 70-yard Hail Mary, and he couldn't get it all the way there because he had a rush. 
before he got down to the 10-yard line and completed the pass. So you got like an extra 50, 60 yards out of that for fantasy purposes um, and stats for himself. But the Patriots don't look good this year. Nope. Deshaun Watson had a hell of a first half. He had almost all his yards, passing, running, all of it. He had a crazy touchdown run in the first half where he just literally trucked the guy at the end zone. Um, Deshaun Watson's amazing. Texans are all banged up. They don't have a defense outside of J.J. Watt and Zach Cunningham. Uh, both these teams aren't very good, but the Texans don't have any way to get better because they traded all their picks for Laramie Tunzel. <laughs> and David Johnson. And David Johnson, yep. <laughs> so moving on then, we have the Dolphins and the Broncos. This was like the weird game of the week. The Broncos end up winning the game and move to 4-6. and six. The Dolphins are now 6-4. and four. Uh, Tua got benched. And then immediately after the game, was named the starter for the following week. That was so strange. Like I, I left to go do um, and to go help my fiance with something, and I come back and I'm like, why the hell is Tua not in the game? And I had to look on Twitter to make sure he wasn't hurt. And then they get he gets benched, but he's named starter. I it doesn't make any <laughs> sense whatsoever. I know he wasn't playing well, but he's a rookie. You expect rookies to struggle and to play better through it. So Chris Long was talking about on the pod that uh, on his pod that he believes that Brian Flores has like complete buy-in from the team, like doesn't matter what he'll do, they like completely trust him. And he told them that if it wasn't for uh, uh, Mike Tomlin or yeah, he's I think he said like Mike Tomlin, Kevin Stefanski, and. Brian Flores should be in consideration for Coach of the Year or something like that. But uh, I thought that was interesting that he was talking about him in the same light as that. I thought it was funny also. Melvin Gordon had 15 carries for 84 yards. He fumbled, I believe, twice, and he had two touchdowns. (laughs) That's the typical Melvin Gordon game right there. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Brian Flores, last year when the Dolphins were tanking outwardly, like very, very evidently, they had no talent on the team. And Brian Flores kind of screwed over the Dolphins' front office chances because he coached his ass off, and the Dolphins got a couple wins. Um, This year, when they have a lot more talent, no one thought they were going to go to the playoffs this year. And they have a very good chance, if not, I think they're in the driver's seat in the AFC East between them and the Bills right now. Like, Brian Flores is a great coach. So, yeah, he has to have total buy-in of his guys because when you draft a rookie quarterback in the fifth overall pick and then bench him and then say he's going to be the starter next week, you better have your guys um, well thought of uh, for you. And he benched Fitzpatrick when they were four and two, going into the yeah. bye. So very true. But clearly, I mean, they said that that was the plan all along, which I thought was interesting as well. They get the Jets this week. I think that'll be nice. Yeah, two will get back on track this week. Uh, um, if you have anybody in the Dolphins, start them because the Jets are trash. <laughs> Then we move on to the Packers versus the Colts. I know you're going to love talking about this one. What did you think about the Packers versus the Colts? It was a sloppy game by the Packers. They had four turnovers, the fumbled kick that turned into points. Aaron Rodgers had two picks, which is unlike him. Um, they had the fumble at the end of the game. But their offense, for most of the game, still looked really, really good. Um, in the first half, Rodgers was chucking it deep, was chucking it uh, all over the place. Devontae Adams was cooking. 
Um, they were they had the running game going against the Colts' impressively really stout defense, and the game flipped when the Packers' defense just couldn't get off the field. Um, and they played pretty solidly against them. the Colts. Uh, they're running, they're rushing attack, and Philip Rivers just throwing his old man throws all over the field. Um, they they have a solid offense, and I'm not blaming the defense at all. I think it was just a, overall it was a sloppy game against a really good team. You can't hit for four turnovers. Uh, that Rodgers throw at the end uh, to Valdez Scantling, where he threw it from his end zone to the 50-yard line, it's got to be up there in one of my favorite Rodgers throws ever because that was ridiculous. Like, there was a one-yard window to throw that ball in to have it happen. And he got it in that window. Valdez Scantling caught it, made a great catch on it, and the Packers were rolling, and they got all the way down the field to score the field goal to tie the game. I wish they would have been had, had a chance to score the touchdown. But as soon as they got into overtime, you just had a feeling it wasn't going to go well. The Packers are 2-8 and eight when Rodgers is in overtime. He and a good portion of those are not when he even touches the ball or someone else fumbles, and it's not him. So, and he threw it to Valdez Scanling, Valdez fumbled. I was crushed. But at the same time, Valdez Scantling had probably his best game of the year. Or well, second best game of the year. Um, so, and they, they went right to, up to bat for him, all his teammates and everything. It was just a tough loss. Uh, I think I pretty much said everything I need to say beyond the fact that the people that were bullying Valdez Scantling online, telling him to go kill himself, are ridiculous. Rex Specs in the clutch. Yeah. Um... That was tough. <laughs> Trent uh, Richardson had a good game, too. Who? Trent Richardson Jr. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor had a pretty good game. Um, I wasn't sure if I should start him because Hines has been getting all the carries, and I don't start him. It didn't matter. But then Taylor has a good game. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to see him run all over the Packers because at least I had a running back that I cheer for what happened when that happens. <laughs> Moving on. Cowboys, Vikings. Cowboys win 31 to 28. They're now 3 and 7. Vikings are now 4 and 6. I thought that was going to be the start. I mean, they beat the Bears, but I thought that was going to be the start to a run. Um, but maybe not the case. Kirk Cousins. Call it the watermelon game. How about the what? Call it the watermelon game. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so supposedly Mike McCarthy inspired his players by smashing a watermelon. Why the fuck does that inspire someone to do good? Uh, I I don't have an answer for you on that one. Um, I actually watched, I, I got in the wormhole yesterday, watched a couple of Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers interviews. I've never seen them before. And Rodgers is saying that McCarthy just comes up with something different to inspire the guys all the time. And that he is not surprised about, uh, at the fact that it was like smashing a watermelon because apparently he's done stuff like that a lot. Um, but he's like, that kind of, that's the kind of stuff that kind of gets you going. Your coach just will going crazy, trying to make a point to your guys. And then ev- eventually, um, one of the Colts, def- or the Cowboys defenders, um, actually went up there and wanted to smash it himself. So they had some of the players take part in it. Apparently got them going because they beat them. And, um, <laughs> Andy Dalton had a great game. Mm-hmm. Dalvin though, 27 rushes, 115 yards and a touchdown. Thielen, eight catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Two straight weeks now, he's had a ridiculous one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone. That was nuts. 
And then he got one up by CD Lamb's ridiculous ac- acrobatic catch. Yeah, what? For a touchdown too. There were some great plays in that game. I, you only you didn't see much of it on Red Zone, but when you did, the highlights were nuts. Cowboys football team tomorrow in prime time. I can't wait. Winner takes <laughs> winner takes the NFC East lead. That could be a surprisingly okay game. Yep. Washington, football team has a good defense. Yeah, they do. And the Cowboys' only chance is if they score points because their defense can't stop the fly. <laughs> Sunday night game: Chiefs Raiders. Chiefs now nine and one. Raiders are now six and four. Uh, I call this one the ride the bus around the stadium game. If you did <laughs> not know this story, supposedly when the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, uh, according to Gruden, the bus driver suggested. They take a victory lap around Arrowhead in the bus. Don't give me that shit that it was the bus driver's idea. That is so <laughs> stupid. And right down Gruden's alley. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, there he is. 14 carries, 69 nice yards, and two touchdowns. Kelsey had the game-winning touchdown uh, down the stretch. Way too much time for Mahomes, as you saw. Uh, with the Raiders taking the lead, it was Jason Witten's season scoring that touchdown, but it doesn't matter because you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Uh, Mahomes threw for 350 approximately and two touchdowns. Like I said, Travis Kelsey was completely wide open in the middle of the end zone. Don't know how that happened. Yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs had a minute 50 left, and they got it done with like 40 seconds left. You knew that once Pat Mahomes got the ball, he was going to get down there and either score the field goal or the touchdown. I think I think they needed a touchdown, though. Um, the Raiders played a pretty flawless game. Derek Carr had the, like, the game of his life, and it didn't matter. You could just see him on the sideline. Once Pat Mahomes got the ball, he's like, all right, I got to get prepared because I know Pat Mahomes is going to go down the field and score, which they did. And they had a chance, but the Chiefs are a juggernaut. Even though the Steelers are 10-0 right now, I think the the Chiefs are still the team to beat. And in the Monday night game, the Rams defeat the Buccaneers. They move to 7-3. I got a bold take. I, right now, think the Rams are a big-time threat for the Super Bowl. I might be bold by saying that. I think they're going to win the NFC West, though, for sure. I think I think they're better than Seattle. That's my opinion. Their defense is so good. Seattle's defense is trash. Uh... They could. They could win the NFC West. Thinking about I think it's between them and um, Seattle. And Cart- Let's see here. What's Seattle's record? So Seattle right now is 7-3. I think they're both 7-3, right? Yep, and they play each other once. The Cardinals are just a game back, too. Oh. I don't think the Cardinals will win the division, though. I don't think so, either. I think the Cardinals have a good shot to make the playoffs, though. So, no one really expected that coming into the yeah, here's here's the Rams' rest of the season schedule. They got the Niners this week. They got the Cardinals twice. Patriots, Jets, Seahawks. Seattle. So Seattle plays Eagles this week. That'll be a win. They play. Okay, I may have to take this back. Eagles, Giants, Jets, back to back. Then they play the football team. Then they put the Rams. <laughs> then they put the 49ers. Yeah, I'm taking it back. Honestly, they could go five and one end of the year. 
They could. Or 6-0 if they beat the Rams. Fuck. I think it's between Seattle and, um, and L.A. at this point. I think the Cardinals are a year away from being like a contender in that division. Um, 49ers have had a rough year because of all the injuries. But Seattle and, and uh, L.A. have been very, very good. I would not call them a Super Bowl favorite for the NFC. Well, the NFC each week, whoever they anyone thinks is going to be the top team in the NFC shits the bed. Yeah. So you really don't know who is going to be the top team there. But uh, that was that was an entertaining uh, fourth quarter. I didn't see too much of it, but the fourth quarter I saw Tom Brady. I loved the PMT's um, take where they don't think Tom Brady can play past 8 p.m. Yeah. Mike, te- <laughs> Mike texted me the same thing that that was hilarious. Um, but. Tom Brady didn't look good in the second half. And apparently my friend uh, Brad texted me about how he's snubbing quarterbacks and post-game handshakes now uh, and being salty and whatever. I'm like, I didn't have any clue. Um, yeah, the, the Buccaneers' defense is really, really good. And their offense, they have a lot of weapons, but it doesn't seem like any of them are doing the same thing all the time. If one guy's on, the rest suck. Yep. <laughs> but we'll see. Abe, I mean, Chris Godwin seems to be getting back into shape and also Mike Evans and also AB they were talking about on PMT also how they think that Tampa Bay may have and they were serious about this may have too many weapons I, I mean they got said. AB they got Rob Gronkowski who's actually been solid they got um Mike Evans and they got Chris Godwin and then you got Ronald Jones Dude. or Back Speaking up. of Ronald Jones, I am fucking sick, and this is not even fantasy football related. I, just watching the Buccaneers, I am sick and fucking tired of Leonard Fournette rushing for two yards in the range of two yards to negative three yards, yet he is still on the field, and he still rushes the ball substantially more than Ronald Jones because of one goddamn fumble. Guess what? Leonard Fournette fumbled twice on Monday night and continued to play. That is completely against anything Bruce Arian stands for because you know the moment that usually someone fumbles, they're out of the game. It's so stupid. He's clearly bad. He's worse than Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is a solid running back. He's a good athlete. I'm done with my rant. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. I know you've been... It is disgusting. He's so bad. I know you've been stood on that one for a while. See, I haven't seen too much of Fournette in the past couple of years. I just know that he just runs in the line all the time. He is like an athletic, like crazy gifted guy, but he just doesn't put it together in the football field. Um, and then. All right. I got to read you something. I got to read you something. Last three games. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Last game, seven carries, 16 yards. Game before that, eight carries, 19 yards. Game before that, one carry, zero yards. Okay, is that enough? No? Okay. (laughs) 15 carries, 52 yards. 11 carries, 50 yards. 7 carries, 15 yards. 5 carries, 5 yards. Get him the fuck off the field. (laughs) Now do Ronald Jones. Okay. So we got Ronald Jones here. Last game, whatever. 10 carries for 24 yards, fine. Game for that, 23 for 192. Yes, he did have a 98-yard touchdown. Oh, okay. So 3 for 9, 7 for 23, 13 for 34. But then we got a four-game span here, 23 for 113, 17 for 108, 20 for 112, 17 for 69, nice, 13 for 53. 
it seems like he's pretty inconsistent too, which is probably why Arians. So Arians I'm gl- like- I am glad that they're not involving anybody else. Keyshawn Vaughn was bad. I mean, he may need just a year of tailoring and and training camp work. Leonard or Lashawn McCoy not involved either. So I guess so, it's nice that they're at least just having two guys. It's true. Um, what I was going to say is Arians likes consistency. He likes to throw the ball deep all the time. Doesn't matter who it is. He likes to do the kind of same kind of stuff for his offense. As weird as it sounds, Ronald Jones has been pretty inconsistent. He'll have his great games and none of his bad games. At least you know what you're going to get with Fournette. It's not good, but you know it's going to be in a two-yard rush every time. So Arians can plan around that and then go throw it deep again, which Tom Brady is not the best at. (laughs) Uh, That's the only thing I can think of at this point because Fournette was a top-five pick, too. Ronald Jones was still a pretty fucking high draft pick, and from what I've seen, he's been a lot better. And I haven't seen much of the Bucks, but Ronald Jones has impressed me, and Fournette has not. Sure. Oh, well. It is what it is. I'm not a Buccaneers fan. All right. True. That's all we got for this. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about last week's matchups before the throne, and then this week's. Expired. It doesn't matter. Get me the manager right now. What's going on? There's a woman out here to see you, Rowan. What's her name? My name is Karen. So in week 11, we had a couple good matchups. Uh, the playoff picture became a little more clear. And yeah, we'll, we'll get started. Um, so, in, well, the first matchup, uh, Spaceballs was four and, was five and five and is now five and six after losing to me. So to make the five and six long jam even worse, I had 155.56. Spaceballs had 134.58. Spaceball started Commander Zircon, who had 21.7. Chest Burster didn't play well. Lone Star had 19.4. Space Special, just shy of 10. Spaceball Trooper had 17.5. Prince Valium had 14.8. Colonel Sanders had 10.6. Eagle 5 with a big fat zero. He has disappointed this year. Spaceball's the kicker had 10. And King Roland earned a cookie and had 13.5 for him. In a great game for him. Uh, for my squad, head of the click had 24.26. Got hurt, so we'll see how he does this week. Uh, Darnell Henderson and Gio, Ver- Gio Bernard didn't get me anything. But best receiver in the league had 23.6. Devontae Parker at 18.1. Eric Ebron at 13.6. Amari Cooper at 14.1. Christian Kirk disappointingly only got me 9. Rex Specs earned me a cookie with 14. And best name ever had 12 and a half and tied and then earned the cookie. So I went to five and six and got the sixth spot in the playoffs at the season ended right now. We move on to the next matchup. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire loses to positive vibes only three and eight. Fresh Prince of Hilaire had 119.8. Carson Wentz at 18.4. Mike Davis at 15.9. The Prince Untouchable earned a cookie and had 20.7. Uh, Robbie Anderson at 11.6. Noah Fant just, was just shy of 10. Sel- Selvin Ahmed had 12.4. Matt Prater with a negative at the kicker spot. Yikes, negative one. Cam Jordan with a cookie had 13. Four. Oh, that's, that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, for positive eyes, only three and eight. 
Bucks and Sixes Doppelganger had 33.74 and a cookie. Redbird had 12.4. Risky Business had 10.6. Decaf Metcalf had 13.6. Kind of back, but not really. Uh, I think you can change that nickname now. Uh, 19.4. Hawkeye had 10.8. Butterfingers uh, had 7.5. You bet he's Long- Butterfingers. What? I said you bet he's Butterfingers. Yeah. Long John Silvers had 19.3. Um, and 2020... 305 had 12.5 tied for cookie but did not win it will is now as his team name shows three and eight uh the fresh prince of Valera is six and five hey before you go to your next matchup i know we're going to talk about it in a second but i have no clue why ryan changed all his like his nicknames to the pick that they were in like the veterans draft i i was or like no it was like their nfl draft pick yeah, I was confused by that as well, but <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you look through it. There's a lot of research in that, too, so good for Ryan, I guess. <laughs> um, we'll go to your matchup where you beat Saved by the Backflip. Uh, so the many jobs of Johnny Sins had 156.8. Clearly the backflip didn't save back, him. The backflip did not save him. Had 126.9. Uh, saved by the backflip uh, had Zach Morris with 27.74. Max had 9.1. Kevin the Robot didn't play well. Johnny Dakota had 13.8. AC Slater had 16.6, an incredible touchdown catch. Rod Belding didn't do anything. Milton didn't do anything. Mike Rogers had 12. Mr. Richard Belder didn't get anything. Moose had 11 and was in consideration for a cookie until um, looking at Cameron Jordan's score. But then for your squad, the CEO had 25.52, Lawyer had 12.9, Sandwich Artist had 9.3, Plumber didn't do anything, Gym Teacher had 10, Insurance Agent earned a cookie with 26.86, Pipe Specialist, um, well, we already had that rant, uh, Adam Thielen, sorry, Doctor had 32.3, Accountant had 10, and your IDPs didn't do all that great. Any thoughts on your matchup? Just notice I have to give Daniel Sorensen a nickname. I'll go for it. All right. Um, so your team went to seven and four. Le- lefties went to five and six. We move on to the fourth matchup of the week where Outdoor Furnishings clinched the playoff spot with a nine and two uh, record now beating King Henry's Kingdom, who's now four and seven, 159.26 to 143.1. King Henry's Kingdom started Joe Flacco. Why? Why did you do this to yourself? 18.4. Get out the way, had 20.2, and the game-winning touchdown run. AMI wide receiver had 10. Uh, Robert Woods earned a cookie with 30.6. Terry McLaurin had 14. Sorry, Scary Terry had 14.4. Hoop Dreams didn't do anything. Go Dogs was awful. Juju didn't do great. Jason Sanders had 10. And the IDPs didn't do so hot. If he starts Jared Goff, that is, instead of a 16-point loss, that makes it a 4-point loss, I believe, if I did my math right. Yeah. So then we had outdoor furnishings, started seat covers. Not a good matchup in uh, Cleveland for him with all the weather. Did not get him 10 points. Backyard Lights, though, had a great game with 17.4. Giants Barrel Hat Guy had 17.1. Disco Ball had 23.1. Mosquito had 14. 
Outdoor Griller had 20.6. Sunflower had 17.2. Bubble Maker didn't do so hot. The Legend Continues had 13. And IDPs didn't do so hot beyond Garden Scarecrow with a 14. Man, he started the wrong QB again. He could have had 179 points. But Outdoor Furnishings clinches the spot. So then we have Mrs. Burrow versus the Hurt Locker. The Hurst Locker. Hurst Locker clinches a playoff spot with an 8-3 record after a victory of 174.32 to 154.02 to Andy moving to 2-9. Andy started Mr. Andy Pollock for the last time this year. Sadly, 13.32. Leonard Fournette, 7 carries, 17 yards, 1 touchdown. One more catch for nine yards. 9.6 points, but yikes. Um, Rex Burke had, in his last start of the year as well, with a torn ACL, had 13, 3.2, sorry, 3.2. Justin Jefferson had a great game with 17.6. Cooper, two, two girls, one cup, just missed out on a cookie with 26.5. Legendary nickname. Absolutely. Uh, Trey Burton at 10.5. Taxi King in their first First start for Andy's squad, 15.9. And that's why he should have been starting all year. Melvin Gordon with 18.4, even though he fumbled. But he had two touchdowns. Joey Sly had 10. Joe Sherbert had 10.5. For the Hurst Locker. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Joe Sherbert? I did not. I said Joe Sherbert. You did. If you're listening, rewind and listen. Okay, we'll find out. Uh, Phillip Rivers had 27.42 against the Packers. Just an old man football game going on right there. Josh Jacobs at 13.4. Jamal Williams didn't do anything. Keenan Allen at 34.5 and a cookie. Will Fuller at 14. On the block had 21.8. Tyreek earned a cookie with 27. Jamison Crowder was awful. Uh, and his IDPs didn't really get him all that much points. But Sterk has clinched. Move on to the final matchup of the week, where Lamar and Friends moves to five and six after a loss to Amelia Clark fan at seven and four. Amelia Clark fan had one fifty seven point two eight, vastly underperforming his projections, although Lamar and Friends underperformed just as well with one thirty five point three four. So Ryan has gone through and named all of his players based on the draft pick that they were drafted. Unfortunately, the way Sleeper is set up, I cannot tell you all of those picks because he must have changed some people in the lineup. So 2018, round one, pick 27, I want to say. Lamar Jackson, 18.5. Elvin Kamara, 2017, round three, pick um, unknown, 10.5. Kenyon Drake, 2016, round three, had 16. Tyler Lockett, 2015, round five, had 21.7. T. Higgins, 2020, round two, did not play well. Mike Kosicki, 2018, round two, didn't play well. DJ Chark, 2018, round two, didn't play well. Kalen Blage, 2018, round four, had 14.1. And for the IDPs, Eric Kendricks had 11, the 2015 round two pick. For Randy's squad, Russell Wilson at 24.08. Delvin Cook earned another cookie with 25. Miles Sanders at 9.1. Mike Evans at 15.9. A.J. Brown at 16.2. Dallas Goddard at 18.7. Nick Chubb at 11.4. Uh, 
Julio didn't play well, but he got hurt. His IDPs did not play well either. So Randy moved to seven and four and most likely will clinch a playoff spot within the next two weeks. Hopefully I can knock him out this week though. So we move on to week 12. All right. So if we look at week 12, we're starting off with my matchup versus space balls. As of the moment, I'm projected to win by 1.35. Mahomes, the CEO, starting a quarterback. I got James Conner and Wayne Gallman at running backs right now. Wideouts, Corey Davis and DeAndre Hopkins with Kelsey at tight end. And then also I got Jerry Judy and Ronald Jones at running backs. I just looked and it looks like I have two Panthers IDPs right now. Sweet. <laughs> Unintentional. All right, if we look at quarterback, President Scrooge versus Detroit tomorrow. That's probably going to be a lot of points I'm going to have to bring come back on. Then we got Zeke Lone Star and Chest Burster at running backs. Why don't we have Dark, Dark Helmet and Spaceball Trooper, tight end Prince Valium, and then Flexes, SB the TP, and then the Space Special. Man, you're going to have a lot to come back from tomorrow. He's got three guys playing tomorrow. If projections went according to plan, I would be 8 and 4, and then space would be 5 and 7. So, yeah, how many does he have tomorrow? 1, 2, 3. Just three. Quarterback and two running backs. But, yeah, got to come back on that. I will have... Do I have any Cowboys? I don't think so. Do I have any Texans? No. Lions, nope. And then do I have any football team? None. So I got no one going tomorrow. Moving on to your matchup. So Sleeper right now is projecting you to lose by about um, 17 and a half points to Randy, which would move him to 8 and 4 and you to 5 and 7. For you right now, you have had the click at quarterback. Running backs, you have Daryl Henderson and Jonathan Taylor. Wide receivers, you got Devontae Adams against the Bears. How do you feel about that matchup? I feel pretty good. I still target him all game, so we'll see, but I think that's going to happen. And then Devontae Parker against the Jets. Tight ends, you got Ebron. Flexes right now, you got Brandon Cooks and Amari Cooper. Shout out Rex Specs. On Randy's <laughs> side, then, quarterback, he's got Russell Wilson. Running backs, Dalvin and Miles Sanders. And then wideouts, he's got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Both are questionable right now. Tight end, he's got Dallas Goddard, and this flex is being Mike Evans and Nick Chubb. Moving on to the third game, then. We got these slads versus Stirk Daddy. Right now, Sleeper is projecting a 34 point victory for Stirk Daddy, which would move into 9 and 3. Basically, would lock up a bye, probably. Uh, and then D slads the 6 and 6. He's not going to like that. Uh, move, so looking at D Slide's lineup, he's got Teddy, two gloves, quarterback, running backs, he's got Mike Davis and the Prince Untouchable, wideouts, Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs, tight end, Noah Fant. Flexes right now, he has Raheem Mostert, who is on the IR. Uh, by clicking on it, though, it says he's returning from the IR. So that'll be okay. And then Robbie Anderson. On Sturk's side, by the way, it gives. Uh, Raheem Mostert right now, zero points. So if he would play, that would obviously make this matchup different. On Sterk's side, he's got Josh Allen at quarterback with Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson, who's questionable in his running backs. Wideouts, we got Keenan Allen and Will Fuller. 
tight end Darren Waller, and then his flexes being Tyreek Hill and Brashad Perriman, who is also questionable. Next matchup, then, we have Outdoor Furnishings versus Mrs. Burrow. According to Sleeper, Outdoor Furnishings would win by 37, moving him to 10-2, and two, and then Andy to 2-10. and 10. Opposite sides of the story, obviously. On Jake's side, at quarterback, he has seat covers still, even though uh, Derek Carr is playing one in a dome and two against Atlanta's defense, while Baker Mayfield is playing in a rain game. I know it's the Jags, but just saying, Baker doesn't throw for many passes. Running backs, we got Antonio Gibson, backyard lights, and giant sombrero. Wide receivers, we have Disco Ball and Mosquito, who is questionable. And then tight end outdoor griller, questionable. Flexes, he has bubble maker and sunflower. On Andy's side, she has, again, backup quarterback, Ryan Finley. Running backs, Melvin Gordon and questionable, DeAndre Swift. Wideouts, she has Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Two girls, one cup. Tight end, Evan Ingram. And then flexes, she has Leonard Fournette, Bum, and Taxi King. Next matchup, we have Saved by the Backflip versus Positive Vibes Only, 3-8. and eight. According to Sleeper, Positive Vibes Only is going to move to 4-8 and eight after a 25-point victory, which would move Saved by the Backflip, 5-7. and seven. By the way, have you been looking at the power rankings? Like, even with Tyler being 5-6, and six, how many or like how un- unvaluable the system gives him? Yeah, I've seen that a little bit. Kind of crazy. I think he's ranked like 11 or 10. Uh, I think it's just a lot because, as it should be, has to do with like points four in terms of, you know, determining the strength of a team of obviously <laughs> overall performance. So yeah. on Save by the Backflip side, we have Zach Morris at quarterback and then Max and the James, the actor at running backs. Wideouts Johnny Takoda and AC Slater. Tight end Rob Belding and then flexes Big Pete Stonebreaker and Brandon Tarkatoff, who is questionable. On positive vibes side, we got Bucks and Sixes Doppelganger at quarterback, and then running backs, we have Red Bird and Cyclone. Wide receivers, we have Decaf Metcalf, and then King of Back, but can't confirm, or kind of back, I should say, uh, who is back, so that nickname should be changed. Tight end, Hawkeye, and then flexes, Mintberry Crunch, and Long John Silver. Our last matchup of the week comes down to King Henry's Kingdom, who is a must-win matchup to have any chance at the playoff, going up against Lamar and Friends. Right now, Sleeper's projecting a .91 point victory for Prince Palmer, which would move him to 6-6, six and six, and then Little Slats to 4-8. and eight. On Little Slats side, he has Jared Goff at quarterback, Running backs, he's got get out the way, and am I a wide receiver? Wide receivers, he's got Robert Woods and Scary Terry. Tight end, Hoop Dreams. And then Flex is being Go Dogs, questionable. And Juju Smith-Schuster, who's questionable, and slipped on a flag. And then on Ryan's side, we have quarterback. uh, 2018 round 132 overall pick. Running backs, we have round 367 overall pick and round 373 overall pick 2016 and 2017 respectively wideouts we have 2015 
round five, 69th overall pick, nice. And 2020 round two, 33 overall pick for the wideouts. And then tight end, 2018 round two, 42 overall pick. This is such a mouthful. And then flexes, we have 2012 undrafted. Did not know Cole Beasley was undrafted. That's kind of crazy. And then uh, 2018 round one, 24th overall pick for that. So with this being said, that would make our playoff picture very, very interesting. So as of now, I just want to kind of peek at what our standings would look like uh, if standings stood today. So we had, we'd have outdoor furnishings at 9-2 and two with the first buy, and then Hearst Locker at 8-3 and three with the second buy. We would have a three versus six matchup between Amelia Clark fan at seven and four and you at five and six. And then a four five matchup between me and D Slads, seven and four versus six and five. This could be completely jumbled after this week, depending on matchups. Any last thoughts? No, we'll we'll get a better version of everything that's gonna happen for playoffs next week, but I'm looking forward to a fun week of football. So we'll be back next week to talk about week 12 in the books, week 13 in the preview. Have a good Thanksgiving. Don't eat the following foods, green bean casserole, cranberries. Um, What's the other bad ones? Green bean casserole is amazing. Stop. Green bean casserole, uh, cranberries. um, I know. Stuffing. Hate it. Stuffing. Yeah, that was my other one that's on the list. Horrible. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Eat a lot of mashed potatoes and gravy and ham because turkey's dry. (laughs) So we'll see you next time.